to another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. It is Thursday, September 7th. NFL football is back. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, we've got Chiefs, Lions ahead of us later tonight. If you're listening to it after, we're even closer to a full Sunday slate and an amazing Monday night football matchup between the Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Um, So congratulations, we've all made it. Uh, Before we bring Teddy in, before we get to the action-packed episode we've got, make sure to follow us on Twitter at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Same as the YouTube channel. Teddy is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake. Theodore, we made it. Let's fucking go. We're here. We're literally here. I've been waiting all day to say that. I am bricked up. It's funny because little little, uh, behind the scenes, but we are recording the night before, but knowing that when you're listening to this, it is the day of the NFL season beginning. It is the most exciting time of year. I literally like, like I get like too excited. Like, like I remember last year at like 1250, you know, like my heart is racing and like, like I literally get too excited and I need to like calm myself down. It's crazy. Um, I also want to say kind of a random point to get started here, but I, I always say that I hope that the Jets play just like Sunday at one o'clock on week one because that's when I want to watch them. Yeah. I'm actually kind of amped for like that they have Monday night. Obviously, there's all the patchery involved. But that aside, like we it will be a long journey, you know, and we'll be like the anticipation will build. But we get to kind of just like enjoy football like guys like us. We could watch any game, you know, and we just right. enjoy the football. And then we're going to really get to sit down and say like, OK, football's back like now here it is you know the big show jets bills monday night like that is going to be very awesome um so i'm very very excited and and feeling real good with the uh with the anticipation of this season because i i I truly believe this is probably the most anticipated jet season of probably your lifetime probably of this century i would say you know i i can't speak for those that were around in the early 2000s but i would just (laughs) imagine that this is a time that is just like it's unprecedented for this era of Jets football and so I love the ability to kick it off not only against a division rival the Bills who have been one of the better teams in the AFC not only is it going to be at home on 9-11 a very important day for the city and state of New York um, but it's a standalone football game as well too you know that that 1 p.m. That 1 p.m. rolls around and we're excited about the Jets. Look, I'm, I'll am i be honest. I'm watching Colts Jaguars. I'm watching <laughs> every other fucking game. I got the four box. I got the red zone. We get three hours of just Jets, Bills, and it's a great way to start off a season that is as special as this is for the New York Jets. Yeah, definitely, dude. It's getting real. It it's is. starting. So we, we got a lot real. to get into today. We're going to preview that game at the end of the episode. We're going to oh, rush through. yes. Yeah, go right ahead. I just wanted to say, just put it out there. Blake and I know it's been a busy summer. We've missed some weeks, but we're going to be back better we're than here. ever. We're going to be consistent. We may even drop better than two that. Episodes That's, a let's week. put it out right now. Let's put All it right, out right I love now. It. I we love it. are going to come to you with some immediate, almost immediate post game reaction podcasts. Um, so we will probably, hopefully, I mean, we're going to be awake and ready to go. Maybe we'll get yeah. a little bit started, but um, we both talked about it. I had been thinking about it for a while, especially even last season when we tape on Wednesday and put the show out on Thursday, we don't really get much of a chance to talk about the game itself. Days have passed since, and it's more focused on the next. It won't be as long as probably these Thursday pods, and obviously probably both of them will be shorter on a week-to-week basis since we won't be doing both at the same time. But it's going to be really nice to put out some instant reactions to the games. Um, I'm super excited about it. I think it'll be a really good opportunity for us to stay 
timely with the show as yeah. we go through the regular season. Yeah, and it'll be good. Our takes will be fresher. We'll be more kind of riled up for whatever oh, happened. We'll be, be we'll be more emotional. Um, so yeah, I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. So we'll try to just you know the morning after Jets games have have those ready for you guys, um, which I'm pretty excited about honestly. Yeah, let's get me this too. rolling. It's gonna be to a good time. To the moon. Um, so, yeah, speaking of that, you know, we we did the AFC East preview pod. Thank you for all who listened to that last week. We missed the week before. So there's been a few things we haven't gotten the chance to discuss. Um, we're going to kind of breeze through those because the meat and bones of this week surely is, uh, you know, the NFL season opener against the Bills. Uh, but, Teddy, we have a, a final 53-man roster. Um, you know, there's a, a few kind of key takeaways, you know, the wide receiver room, tight end room, the running game, linebackers. Where do you want to kick things off as we look at, you know, the, yeah. the final 53? For me, I, I guess I just want to share this point and, and see if you agree. Um, it is funny to me how, you know, and maybe this is just an off year, like maybe it's not always like this, but when we sat down before training camp, there were guys that, you know, like you knew were making the team, you know, like you could fill out a roster and it's pretty easy, you know, you fill out the wide receivers, you fill out the DBs like that you think are going to make it. And, you know, this year there were definitely some names that came out of nowhere. Jason Brownlee and Xavier Gibson both made it at, as wide receivers. Um, Chaz Surratt ended up making the team who was kind of like unknown going into uh, into training camp. But really, other than that, like most of the players who made the team are just like, oh, yeah, like I would have told you that guy would have made the team three months ago. And it, it just kind of made me laugh that like we spend all this time like really excited and like, like who's going to make it, who's going to make it, but you do kind of have a solid idea of who's going to make it beforehand. You know, like if, if I had done it, I probably would have gotten like four five, six out of the 53 spots wrong, you know, maybe, maybe. And it's just kind of funny. Like, well, I don't know. You, it just, to me, it seemed when I scrolled through, I was like, okay, this is the roster I anticipated with a few breakout guys like in the receiver room. Yeah. And that's, and that's what happens when you're, when you're a good football team, you know, the, the Colts, for instance, who are like picking fourth overall this past season, we had a bunch of guys, some random DBs that make the roster. Like when you're in that phase of, uh, of being, you know, a rebuilding type team, which the jets for a bit now had been that, you know, the, the, the majority of this roster is very talented. You know, they're one of the best defenses in football, maybe the best this year. Offensively, we knew the skill players were set. We knew the quarterbacks, basically. The offensive line was something that we were worried about. But as we've gone along, and we'll talk about them as well, too, it's definitely gotten a little bit stronger. So, yeah, I think it's just a testament to this team finally being, like, one of the best in the league. And when you have talented players at every position or just about every position, it, it's it's tougher for those guys to break through, which makes those stories and these names we'll get into that much more special for them. But, um, yeah, they're, they're just – the Jets are a good football team. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And I think, you know, as I'll just, we can just kind of point out the guys who stood out to us when we looked at this. I mean, we were looking at the tight end room, right? Koontz, the seventh round rookie tight end ends up being the odd man out. We keep Yaboa. I mean, I think that's big news for sure. Um, I'm not sure if Koontz signed back on the practice squad. Maybe I can look that up. Um, But just kind of interesting he was a late draft pick obviously so it's kind of the same as a udfa but still you know usually you don't see the draft picks going zaire barnes made the team um along with Chaz surratt who's the linebacker who you know in the first episode of hard knocks 
you really, they showed you that that's kind of Salah's guy. You know, that's someone he banged the gong for and really believes can be good. I'm honestly excited. I hope he ends up like earning his way onto the field and get some at least rotational playing time, just because if you get a hit like that, you know, that's always a positive. Um, and then the other place we were looking was that running back room. And, and kind of like me and you had said a few weeks back, Zonovan Knight was that odd man out to keep Michael Carter, keep the fifth round draft pick and Izzy um, who ended up coming back from injury real early was expected to be out about a month and was only out about a week. Um, so yeah, but other than that, like those were kind of the rooms where you're like, Hey, there's an odd man out here. Other than that, nothing really stood out to me other than these two receivers who made it. Exactly. Yep. And Coons, uh, sorry. I, I keep wanting to say cunts. Um Yeah. We kind of we said at the beginning we that was what we we'd be a cunts podcast. He did go back yeah. to the practice squad there, uh, as did Tim Boyle, who was cut as you know the third quarterback there. But um, yeah, you know Tan Tanzel Smart, another guy on the defensive line that look when you're when you're going ten deep, there's going to be names that can't yeah. make it. Tanzel Smart, but Brack on the practice, practice squad. squad. Yep, exactly. So yep, those names. I you know the one surprise out of those positions you were saying, I I I was a little shocked that Bam didn't get any love anywhere. He didn't get a wave claim. Um, I believe he I'm trying to think if he it's even draft to a capital, practice man. squad. It really is. Uh, uh, it's just a, it's an odd time out there. Maybe I'm sure, but it, I really oh, do feel like it's yeah. hard. What do you got? He's on the he's on the Alliance practice squad now. OK. Oh, that's Bill Belichick in right there. Yeah. <laughs> sign sign someone from the team that you are uh, you're going up against in week one. Oh, no. Um, Alliance. Oh shit! Sorry, Lions. you know I'm thinking about thinking Lions Thursday Chiefs night tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my bad. My apologies, You're apologies, good. brain fart there. But all right, yeah. Well, good, good, good luck to him. Yeah, Behind good you, luck, Gibbs and David Montgomery. Teddy traded for Zonovan Knight uh, this past off season. Uh, That's from true. Me. That's true. But also Devo Samuel. So yeah, exactly. And I was well, whatever. We, okay. <laughs> we don't. We don't need to talk about it. No one cares about our fantasy teams. Uh, let, let's talk about Brownlee and Gibson for a little bit because I think the other storyline that we didn't get to touch on in the meantime was Corey Davis. Um, you know, unexpectedly, but apparently a little bit expected by the the front office um, and coaching staff. He announced his retirement. Had been dealing with some uh, things and decided to step away from the game, which, you know. Uh, the Jets then, you know, keep seven wide receivers on the depth chart. Two are definitely more special team based, uh, Gibson included. Um, but as we've continued to see, the Jets are also as recently as today when we're recording this, taking a look at the wide receiver room with Kenny Galladay coming in for a workout. They brought in Jeff Smith for a workout. There was one other name um, that is escaping my head right now, but they're clearly still looking at the position. Not to take away from Brownlee and Gibson, I want you to go and expand upon them more as well, too. But uh, thoughts on on that kind of tying in with the Corey Davis retirement? Because yeah. I do believe if he didn't retire, we wouldn't be having this story of Brownlee and Gibson both making the roster. No, I definitely agree with you there. Um, the Corey Davis retirement, definitely like unexpected. He had been away from the team, so it's right. not like it was like completely, but like you knew something was going on, but definitely didn't expect to see him retired. It, it's interesting because a big storyline for Jets fans, you know, really the past two seasons, but primarily this offseason was like, oh, cut Corey Davis, save the $10 million. Right. Which, you know, Blake and I were both kind of on the side of like, why are we just going to voluntarily make our team worse when we could just keep him, have a veteran guy? Like to me, I kind of viewed him and Alan Lazard as similar players, like who kind of had similar skill levels. Maybe Alan Lazard a little better, but both kind of just consistent, reliable guys. Um, so for him to go, like, I, I don't want to make it seem like that's like 
not a big deal at all. It definitely thins up the wide receiver room. You know, you have Garrett Wilson and Lazard starting on the outside, and then you have Meikle um, and Cobb. And, you know, Meikle can run on the outside a little, but still it's kind of like, all right, well, where are your backups? Cobb and Meikle are more slot guys. Um, so then enter, you know, Jason Brownlee and Xavier Gibson. I mean, anyone who watched Hard Knocks, they've been heavily featured. You've seen the friendship that they've made. Um, both undrafted free agents who met, you know, during the draft process or pre-draft process. And really just, you can tell that this Jets team, you know, the front office, the coaching staff, they've gone out of their way to find guys who love football and want to come to work every single day and, you know, get better and really buy into like, hey, everything is about winning and being the best football player we can be. And these two guys, you know, from everything we've seen, most certainly embody that. Um, Gibson made a ton of plays as a punt returner, kick returner, um, in preseason, as well as, you know, just out, out there as receiver. Um, I think he'll definitely be an exciting guy to watch. You can tell he's just really shifty. And even listening to Salah talk, it does sound like they have some type of plans to include him. You know, you, you think about the gadgetry that Michael Hardman runs. I think Gibson's kind of that similar type guy who's just shifty, small is going to be used in, in special ways. Um, and then looking at Jason Brownlee, like he was that my first thought when, um, Corey Davis was caught was like, okay, well, here's this kid's opportunity. Cause he right. is that, you know, bigger outside guy. He is, um, you know, hopefully going to be able to fill that role of the, you know, fourth outside receiver. And it would be awesome if you could just kind of see him establish himself and be a reliable guy, you know, kind of like think about what Jeff Smith was, but with more consistency, you know, with more upside, hopefully that's what he ends up being, you know, at the end of the day, it's an undrafted free agent. So you don't know, but I do think like, to me, both of these guys showed this off season, they have some tangible skills. They have some talent. They could stick in, in a way that's more than just, you know, a six fifth wide receiver on the depth chart. Potentially they can make some noise, you know, and, and earn some playing time. So I'm excited to watch them both. Yeah, it's not like they're being thrown into the the starting lineup, but they, they definitely have the ability to kind of make themselves known in a very small, limited role and hopefully expand upon that as well, too. It's not like we're running into here and all of a sudden they're in the starting lineup there you right. know, instead of Garrett Wilson. So it's a good opportunity for both of them to kind of slowly ease their way in. And Brownlee, like you said, you know, his his skill set is definitely something that, you know, lines up with what they were counting on Corey Davis for and and. You know, the Jets, they could be very happy with this wide receiver room. They could still be looking to make other moves. Obviously, they're bringing in wide receivers to take a look at. Kenny Galladay, another guy, big-bodied receiver as well, too. So, you know, this is definitely going to be one of those positions now where, you know, I personally always felt pretty comfortable with throughout the offseason. I was never really in on the DeAndre Hopkins stuff. Like, I was very just like, we have a good wide receiver room. Losing Corey Davis definitely changes that to where now – it is a position group that, you know, through the first few weeks of the season, we're definitely going to need to keep an eye on where I didn't think we would have as much beforehand. Yeah, for sure. And, I, you know, I definitely don't want to push back on that idea because certainly like if, if the opportunity comes to add someone who they believe it, you know, maybe it is a Mike Evans, you know, who's, who's dealing with whatever perfect he's dealing fit. with in, in uh, the skill set of a perfect fit for this wide receiver room. Right. It's exactly what you'd be looking for, but um, I do think like the workouts, like Kenny Galladay and um the other person name you just mentioned there. Sorry, it's Jeff in my Smith. Mind. Jeff, Jeff Smith. Smith. Oh yeah, our boy Jeff <laughs> Smith. Boy. Sorry. <laughs> um, I do think those are kind of more like 
let's get some guys in. Let's see how they look. So if we need to add a guy, you know, I don't think they're, they'll be looking to replace these guys in the first couple of weeks, but um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm excited to see these guys have opportunities, but it does definitely add that little question mark of like, okay, how good is our receiver depth really? What's Denzel Mims up to these days? He got injured and cut from the Lions. Is it a serious injury? Uh, I think. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's on a team. Wave Denzel Mims. He's look. Uh, hmm. Interesting. It looks like there's rumors the Packers may sign him. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> maybe this. What, you want maybe... us to bring him back? Maybe it, it, See, it's, but that's it, what I'm saying. Is I really do think I really do think like Brownlee is is that plus. Like they've given yeah. up on Denzel Mims. We've I don't think they like the work ethic. Mims. I don't think they like the guy he was. Exactly. I think Brownlee kind of embodies what they were hoping for. Right. Um. So so that's why I, I don't just, think they're dying to replace these. Guys, I just think the I, humor I the humor element of bringing back in Denzel Mims would just be absolutely fantastic. Yes. No. It would. It would. Especially our boy NYJ Matt would have to make the I'm coming home video. Oh, be so good. So good. Yeah. Anything else with the 53? Anything we didn't get talked about? I feel like that's, you know, uh, the Zaire Barnes and uh, Chaz Surratt making the linebacker room was pretty good. Chaz obviously was the big storyline early on in Hard Knocks. UNC guy, former quarterback. Cool story there. Anything else? Yeah, no, I mean, main takeaway is just i really do think this team's looking good it's a good roster yeah real good roster especially especially defensively because i mean obviously we just talked about some of the questions that potentially could be there on offense if there's injuries or, or things like that but on defense it really does feel like we you know are solid in a lot of ways dj reed says they're going to be historical this year theodore yeah, we don't really which, need to spend too way, much time on this, but is go ahead. that the proper? Yes, DJ Reed says he expects the Jets to be historical and compared them to like the '85 Bears or the. Yeah, he says they want to be. They... Is that yeah. the right terminology? Historical? Is that a real word? For some reason, they that want to be a historical so defense. I, well, me. I would say if you ask me, what are the historical defenses of the NFL? Historic. Historic no, sounds right. No, it's historic. That's what it is. Our defense was historic, not historical. That's why yeah. it's in quotes. <laughs> I don't know. That yeah. word has been getting thrown around. I've seen that report a hundred times. And I keep being like, is that a real I mean, word? It just sounds I'm like I'm not sure. Got a little too much going on in there. Yeah. That's funny. But no, that's a, I mean, whatever. Like, but Theodore, that, that is my big kind of like temple of this season. And I've been like playing this balancing act of like trying not to get too excited, but also like being really excited and like real, like you hear, you know, these like talking heads or people kind of downplay the jets and they always, you know, they got to learn how to win, you know, a quarterback's not going to fix it all, whatever. And to me, it's just kind of like, like you weren't paying attention because this jets defense is so good and has only gotten better. Like how many times did Blake and I talk about the safety room or the linebacker room last year and it turns out that one, both of those rooms were pretty fine. And two yeah. have both gotten better, you yeah. know, and the D line has gotten better. And Edge. I, I really just, I think this defense is going to be like, like, I think it's going to be a struggle for teams to score on us week in, week out, drive in, drive out. I think it will start with Buffalo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm all in on that. Find uh, me the weak point. Yeah. Find me the weak. Even, even at the, there were stretches last year where it was just like this, 
and and we still had rooms that and guys that were frustrating as hell the safety room you know dumb plays not being able to get to the quarterback on the edge often enough and like this yeah, is... that's what I think is an underrated – like, we obviously had Quinnen, who broke out last year, had a lot of sacks. But, like, the Jets really didn't have a strong edge presence last year. Like, that was still a weakness on this defensive line, was getting even, to the quarterback in passing situations. And if we think in by itself, even Jermaine is going to have a, a huge step up in year two, you still, like, even if he's, you know, 75% of that equation, you just ask Will McDonald – or even Carl right. Lawson to contribute the other 25%. Right. Like, this is a huge th- – I, I truly do believe that this Jets defense has the chance to be historical. And, and what is <laughs> – thanks. Did you like that I used it? I do Historical? As well. Historic? Yes, I did. I, I it did has like the that. chance to. It has the chance to. I don't think that we've seen – you know, and it, it, it reminds me so often, and we talk about the trend of, like, Rodgers is getting all the love and hard knocks was yes it was it was a month straight suck fest of Aaron Rodgers and there were a, a bunch of other stories they could have done to save themselves some time there um from sucking off Aaron Rodgers because they sucked him off and don't get me wrong I love Aaron Rodgers I'd suck him off too um <laughs> but my, the point that I was trying to get to is you know, the, the storylines that are so similar to Aaron Rodgers over the last few years, Matthew Stafford going to the Rams, Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. Yes, they are these quarterback catalysts, but behind both of those as well, too, were some top tier defenses. The Rams, they won, the year they won the Super Bowl, best defense in the league. Tampa Bay with their edge presence, the corners they had there as well, too, was a ferocious defense. Jordan ate, alive, ate alive Pat Mahomes in that Super Bowl there. So, yeah. you know, I it, it makes it's a quarterback driven league. The offense putting up points, that's what gets the story here. But to me, still, the story of this season and what will take the Jets from just being a good team to like a Super Bowl champion type team is this defense. Yeah. Can we can we talk for a second? I just want to spend one more second on this while we're talking about the defense. At the beginning of last season, we were like, we're going to give Jeff Albrecht a month. <laughs> and and there's a chance. Oh, this my God. Defense, dude, if this defense has the type of season, yeah. does, like he's going to get head coach interviews. Yes. Think about and, that. And that's what was so frustrating to me about that whole thing was like, it's been a year. <laughs> Clearly, we spent all of our first five draft picks on offense. Like all of the focus was on improving the offense. It was just so frustrating to me. But like, yes. That's what happened because that's what's crazy is like we're talking about in the Jets defense being historic two years ago. They were historically bad, you know, like like in terms of I think they were like top 30 in all time teams just in general NFL teams in points allowed like per game or something like it was crazy. So it's not like it wasn't deserving, but it was, you know, if you just took a step back, you could kind of see why it wasn't a successful year for him. But yeah, I mean, he's completely turned himself around and and proven like, I just love when it like proves everyone wrong. Like, hey, you kind of overreact a little too early sometimes. There's something about him though that just doesn't give me like head coach face. Maybe it's the his yeah. facial hair. It to me, he's such weird... a defensive coordinator. I mean, right. he really is. Like, he is a defensive coordinator <laughs> through and through. I've never paid attention to his facial. Do you see how crazy it is? His sides are white, white. And then the goatee is like pitch black. This is crazy. <laughs> I've never paid attention that much to his. I actually, look yeah, I don't know if I've ever noticed. That's, That's actually insane. a hilarious picture. That's Anyone crazy. Google Jeff Olberg. It's the first picture that shows up. Hey, man. Oh. 
he's a fucking what's it called? Yeah, a see, to me, uh, to me, he kind of reminds me. And and Arthur Smith is a head coach right now. But when I look at Arthur Smith, I'm like, yeah, you're just a coordinator. You're an offensive coordinator. He's to me like the defensive version of it. But if things go well this year, I mean, he will a thousand percent be getting head coaching interviews. Yeah, well, hopefully he doesn't take them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also true. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Uh, uh, the the Jets will be historical on defense, Theodore. I'll give it to you one more time. There, I'm in. I'm in. Um, couple other things to tie some some uh, tie up some loose ends uh, from this offseason. We did want to talk a little bit about the offensive line because, much like being gone the last few weeks, we haven't gotten to discuss the growing security of, of the starting five that will be there to protect Aaron Rodgers come week one. We obviously have been like every other Jets podcast and show that's out there, very uh, involved in the Mackay Becton story. And it has taken a, a somewhat comfortable spot. You know, we're, we're at this point now. Um, and, and this was something that I didn't realize weeks prior, um, but there was an article ESPN put out where he was on a very specific training regiment and practice regiment and, and preseason game regiment where the snaps were all kind of counted. And we looked at the first preseason game. Where we were like, what, what the fuck are we doing here? He pulls himself out. Things are right. a little clunky. So I was pretty hard on him then too. Um, and then, you know, he ups the snap count. He's still working with the second team. He finally breaks few, uh, through and and puts in a game there at starting right tackle there for the Jets. And uh, I'll put my hand up. Like I said, I, I didn't think that this story was going to, you know, wind up with him being the starting right tackle for the New York Jets. I thought for a while there was a chance that the Jets were trying to get just some value out of him and ship him out and then bring in, you know, a veteran tackle or bring in a guy like Billy Turner, Max Mitchell. But I think also as the Jets got along through the preseason, they realized that that just wasn't a, a viable option. Um, not to say that they ever probably thought about trading Makai. I think the story and the plan all along was to slowly get him going into the starting lineup, but he's here. He's, he's looked good. And uh, Ted, you can take your victory lap and yeah. uh, on me and, and talk about it a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm not dying to crush you for this one, but hmm. but Blake and I did we had some heated battles a, about a this. Lot. To me, a lot. to me, my main point was I, I I just it seemed like you were kind of more on the edge of like it feels like this coaching staff is ready to give up on this guy and just move on. I still felt like they were hoping he would come back and and get himself there, which it looks like he's done. Um, you know, which is awesome for him. You got to commend him. Everything kind of went his way. Um, and I think on whatever the podcast we released before, um, I think it was four weeks ago about um, before our AFC East preview, your kind of big point was like, it, it at some point we need to put together this offensive line. Like, yeah, there wasn't when are around. we going to do that? Because it's not time to fuck around. And, you know, we found out about a week later that the answer was, three weeks like yep. three weeks before the Jets first game um you know Dwayne Brown comes back off of the PUP or whatever he was on Makai earns the right tackle spot and is the starter um and then you know right now we have Lake and Tomlinson and Vera Tucker at guard and still probably going with Connor McGovern um at center so you know right now I mean first of all if you listen to Anyone who is down on the Jets and someone asks them why offensive line is the first thing they will point at. Oh my God. And like yeah. sure hand up. There are still questions to be answered here. You know, Dwayne Brown's another year older. Lakin's coming off of a down year. Makai has all these question marks, but like 
to me, that all stems from a few weeks ago and on hard knocks when, you know, the Jets offensive line couldn't do anything. And one of these guys was out there, you know, and it was Connor McGovern. And it's like, it, it just wasn't the offensive line that we were going to actually be showing. So mm-hmm. to me, I'm very excited about where we're like, we really, right now, I feel very lucky because it's kind of like, hey, the offensive line that we said, hey, we hope this is our starters. You can interchange McGovern and Tipman, but right now it seems like McGovern has won that job, at least for now. Um, it is those five guys that we were hoping for, you know? So I think that's definitely a positive. And I think hopefully this offensive line can be a, um, you know, kind of like a surprise to people like, oh, hey, we were all kind of down thinking you would have a bad offensive line. Now, all of a sudden, you could have one of the better offensive lines in the league if you can stay healthy and if things kind of break your way. Yeah, I, I, I think best case scenario across all five positions, it can be a very strong one. I still think at the end of the day, we're probably still in the middle of the pack offensive line wise, which isn't a bad thing, bad place to be. Um, but, you know, we are hoping for a big bounce back late in season. He was pretty rough last year. We are now dealing with a very old and, uh, you know, rehabbed left tackle there as well, too. Like we even t- discussed before we got on the show, Makai, we were in the same spot last year where we were really, you know, questions, <sighs> building up the hope. And then three plays in his season was over. Um, you know, I, I feel very strongly about AVT coming back healthy, but he is also coming back from a very serious injury. So. I agree, you know, all positions across best case scenario, it can be in that top 10 unit, but I do think like still rolling out with the questions, I would still say we're like a middle of the pack and it still is to me. Yeah, it's fair. It still is to me. Like, it's not like, you know, those people that you were talking about that would come out and be down on the jets and they'd say the offensive line was the main reason the offensive line is still the weakness of this team that has not changed. It's just not as bad as we would have thought it was maybe a month ago. So I yeah. still definitely I still definitely have my concerns with the line um, just because like we we have the guys that we hoped for. They just all still kind of have like a slight it's basically all question, a question to mark. Yeah, exactly. I think that's perfectly fair. But, you know, hopefully it works out. Hopefully it works out. Yeah, exactly. We kind of need it to <laughs> um, the name game. It feels good, you know, not having right. these random guys that we just Billy signed Turner, and having kind Max of the guys Mitchell. you're hoping for. Yeah, yeah, exactly um teddy let's let's run through some bets that we have before we get that's the only thing that we have left really before talking about bills jets um you know we didn't really get to do a gambling pod like we did last year timing and me just being you know both of us kind of having a week there that we had to miss kind of ran into the way of that but you obviously have have placed some bets i've placed some bets um let's go through and talk about them yeah i think i think blake and i really just want to um you know the season's here. We just did a whole bunch of off-season pods. I was thinking about it, like me and you, we've been doing this podcast since, you know, around the beginning of the off-season last year. So really, we've probably done more episodes in the off-season than we've done in-season. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, so so we have spent a lot of time like that. So to me, it's just like, let's, before we get started, let's put our predictions out. Let's see what we think. Um, and we will, uh, and we'll get into that. So I guess... Um, I don't know. How do you want to do this? My my first big question was going to be record prediction, which I know we did last week. For me, it was 12 and five. Is that kind of where you I think land? I did. I think I did 12 and five as well, too. Yeah, I believe so. So that's probably where I'm. I mean, it, it really like I try to not be so hyped about this team. But to me, 
for them to not get 11, 12 wins will be surprising. Like there's so much talent on this team, you know, like it would be a disappointment if they didn't do, you know, at least double digit wins. I think I, I almost have placed higher expectations on this team, unfortunately. And maybe that's just me not being like a diehard fan. No, I, I'm, with you, am, on, like, I'm with I, you. I'm with you. Like I've, I followed this. I, I followed the same blueprint. Maybe I'm just, I, I'm going back to the well because I've done it before. Like, I hit on Buck Super Bowl future when Brady went to Tampa. I did the same thing with the Rams. I bet their Super Bowl future when Stafford. I tried went to there, do so it I... with the Broncos last year and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I forgot about that one. That's right. <laughs> Good old Matt Hackett and Russell Wilson. Yeah, uh, they're going to be bad this year again too. So I think that's more of just a Denver thing. Um, no, yeah, but I just had to throw that. In there. I just that is that is funny that that was the that was the I forget that that was like an iteration of it as well too where it was like oh you got another quarterback on the move that really bucked the trend there didn't it yeah um but I I think I just I I have really high expectations um the over nine and a half wins to me like you said we both picked twelve yeah that's so that's where we're starting it. you know that's to me over the nine and a half wins one. we both have hammer it it feels right, like to me right now we're sitting at minus 120 don't get me wrong the conference is tough every afc you know people talk about the beginning parts of the schedule you got the bills and the cowboys and all these the, these other teams in there in the first month if you're in the afc you're gonna have a tough schedule but i think where the jets can really hang their hat on is like like we said at the beginning or a few minutes ago it is going to be tough for just about every team in this league to put up points on this defense and yeah so and let me just put this out there everyone it's not like a new take but like in four weeks, we're going to look at the schedule and we're going to feel completely different about it all. You know what I mean? Like that is yeah. going to happen. Like yeah. we we are not going to be correct with what we think about every team, you know? So I hate the schedule game. And as we keep saying, you know, and Robert Sala keeps saying, it's like they got to play us. Like go be, if you want to be one of the best teams, it does not matter who's on your schedule because you should be better than a lot of the other teams. Like it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yep. So over nine and a half wins. Pretty good. Did you make any bets, you know, division wise, future wise, like or, um, everything no. else you have players? Do, I, I, do you have a, I don't have a strong opinion on, you know, I just said the Jets were going to get 12 wins. So obviously I, I do think they have a solid chance to win the division. Right. Um, but I, I don't have a strong, like, cause I do still think I have a lot of respect for the bills and I think they're a really yep. good team. And I think they have, the same like all the chances that the jets have to win 12 games you know the bills have all those chances as well um so i it's hard for me to say like i really think they're going to win this division do i think they're going to make the playoffs yes um yeah uh, and that's about you have it looks like yes i did yes so i I jets make playoffs minus 130 so you you do have to pay a little bit of juice there but um seems you can get fun with it (laughs) DraftKings does all these you know combo team ones um, you can do the the Jets and the Chiefs both to make the playoffs brings it down to minus one twenty five. That's crazy. It only improves there. the odds by. But I mean, the Chiefs are basically like you know they're right. They're like but that's lock. like it's like what is the point of taking right. that? <laughs> I know, I know. So you can you can get fun with it and pick some other stuff there. But I'm I'm the same way. I didn't place any AFC East future. Um, my futures, if I'm doing anything that's a long shot, there's a typical range that I've kept myself in between. I usually like to go around like the plus 1500 and up, up to about plus 4,000. Cause outside of that, you're getting really crazy with it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, sure. You could go ahead and bet the division at plus 280, but I'd much rather take like AFC future at plus 1100 or Super Bowl future at plus 1600, which 
I did. You know, I said it last week in the AFC East preview pod. Like I, I pick a if my oh, season wow. prediction is a Jets over 49ers Super Bowl, and I did it weeks before that fucking uh, magician or not magician. What's his name? Yeah, on the Hard Knocks. The mentalist. Before O's had that pulled out there. I also now that I think about it, I also have the Jets to win. I think I have it at plus two thousand. I took it That's like great. You know, a couple yeah. weeks after we signed yeah. Rogers. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So moving on. My next big one is just stuff around Garrett Wilson, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I've got a few too, so let's talk about him. <laughs> yeah, all right, fuck yes. So I have Garrett Wilson, Offensive Player of the Year. It's currently at plus 2,500. I got a little bit better odds. Um, I really do think Garrett Wilson has a chance to like be the best receiver in football this year. I think when you put it all together with like the fact we're going to have a good running game, the fact you have Aaron Rodgers, the fact that we're going to really be just trying to go for it, like, like I think – you saw how many times Aaron Rodgers gave Devonte Adams, you know, double digit touchdowns, 13, 14, 1500 yards in a season. Like I really do think that is his ceiling is leading the league and receiving. Obviously there's other great receivers, but when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and a player like Garrett Wilson, who I think is the top five receiver, at least top 10, you know, I at least think that's a possibility. And I think it's pretty good odds to get him at, um, you know, calling the breakout year two breakouts are very common, especially for a guy who goes for 1100 in his first season. Um, With that quarterback play. Right. Uh, right. So I feel like there's really no way he doesn't succeed past that. So then I also took him over um, 11, 1125 yeah receiving yards now it's up to 1150 um so a little bit higher but i really i think he's gonna get 13 1400 yards um he's gonna be above keep keep that number going he's gonna be over 1500 he's over 1500 he is over 1500 give it to me give it so just for i guess a little bit of perspective as well too because i my big Devontae, you might as well take offensive player of the year if you're going to take the same stuff that i'm taking i i put futures on him to lead the league in receiving yards and receptions uh, yards sick. was plus 1800 receptions was plus 25 which i love because just go look at that one drive that they had in the giants preseason game basically and it was just like we're gonna force feed garrett wilson the football so yeah. receptions to me you know you take a look at Devonte adams in those two mvp seasons for rogers 123 catches in 2021 uh, which i believe was second in the league um, and then the year before 115 which was also second in the league that was behind you know like a crazy cooper cup season uh mm-hmm. Diggs was above him in the 2020 season as well too but basically you're getting you're getting good odds that, you know, if he is going to have that Devonta Adams type feel in this offense, it might not be the touchdowns. It might not be even the yards because we hope to have a balanced offensive attack here in the run game as well, too. But one thing that I could really bank on is him just getting all those different bubble screens, basically just like they're going to force yeah. the football to him. I think um, something that's really exciting about having Aaron Rodgers that that honestly probably would have been exciting even if we had signed a lower tier guy but just a veteran mm-hmm. is like Aaron Rodgers understands that in the NFL number one like your players don't necessarily need to be open for you to throw them the ball I think that's been a huge setback that we faced with Darnold and Wilson and all these young guys is they don't really trust themselves to just put it up there you know I think that's like something Ryan Fitzpatrick always succeeded with in his career like he was at least going to give the receiver a shot. And you look at the touchdown to Garrett Wilson in that last preseason game, he's not wide open. Like Zach Wilson probably isn't throwing that ball, but Aaron Rodgers knows that, Hey, I'm just going to put it in a good spot and hope he can make a play. And it ends up working out, you know? So I think 
he is really, truly going to get force fed. I mean, again, we saw Devontae Adams get force fed. We've seen Jordy Nelson get force fed. We've seen his number one receivers really be successful. Um, so yeah, that's a huge, huge, huge Garrett Wilson here. And with that, I guess I'll just throw this yeah. in. I I also took Aaron Rodgers over 3,950 passing yards. I really think this is the year that us Jets break through, get a 4,000 yard 4, passer. That's what I was about to needs say. to happen. I you know I think we have one, maybe two, um, in the history of 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 our franchise. So I like that they put the line there because I think that that is like a a bar that you know hopefully we'll be able to reach. Aaron Rodgers in his down year last year had about 3,800. I think he's going to have more playmakers. I think we're going to throw the ball a ton. Um, so I think that's a good bet. You have uh, one season with a 4,000-yard with a passer, and it was all the way back in 1967. Yeah, Joe Namath. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. So that, it, it's absurd that that's true. Like, that's absurd. It's crazy. Think about how many 5,000-yard passers there's been. Oh, my At God, At least, yeah. like, 15. Yeah. Um. I have one more, and then I want to talk about your last one that you have on there as well, Sounds too, good. because that's going to be a fun conversation in itself. I took Sauce, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. It is very unlikely uh, that they give that award out to a cornerback. It hasn't happened in quite some time, but I also think there might be a little bit of fatigue with that. And we are at such a stage where there are a lot of prolific edge rushers. You could also maybe start to chip away at some of them, a Nick Bosa, a Miles Garrett, a TJ Watt. You know, unless one of them is clearing away, you know, breaking the sack record, all of those three and probably some other names I'm forgetting as well, too, are going to be pushing up against each other. Whereas to me, Sauce, if he takes another step in year two after being basically the best corner in football last year, um, you know, the the big thing that makes it difficult is you, you'd need some interceptions. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And if you're not going to throw to him, are you going to get the interceptions? But if maybe it's one of those weird cases where it's just like they respect so much of how little guys are throwing to him, or maybe the receiving stats by the end of the season, he's allowed or just out of this world at plus 16 or plus 1500 put a little, put, I put a little change on it. Yeah. Uh, the reason I don't think that's a bad bet. Cause I understand like it's a cornerback defensive player of the year. I feel like it usually goes to a D lineman yeah, um, for a while, but, but sauce Gardner, I used to get frustrated at like the beginning of the off season. Cause it was like, to me, if you watch Josh Gardner, you should be putting him like at least in your top five cornerbacks in the league. Like he at really least. was that good and literally let up nothing last year. Um, and as the off season has progressed, I really think that kind of lack of respect has gone away. And now kind of everyone like universally is like, Oh yeah, like he's probably the best, you know, like I've seen the jets ranked as the best secondary I've seen him ranked as the best corner. Um, so I don't think that's kind of like a, I don't think that would come out of nowhere in a way where like he wouldn't really have the name recognition. Like I think he does have that possibility, but what, like, I don't think he would get it unless he has, you know, five plus interceptions or probably needs which, even more than that, which, which gets, hopefully gets it's tough. not like he didn't get thrown to last year. You know, he led the league in past breakups. Um, the big thing that he needs to focus on that Sal has been pushing to him is, you know, you got to start taking the ball away. You got to start taking the ball away, you know, so we'll see how that goes. I definitely don't think he'll get tested a ton, but hopefully this can kind of be his year, you know, second season where he starts turning those PBUs into fucking interceptions and, you know, taking them back to the house and doing his thing. That would be kind of the, the, the road, you know, is that he's another lockdown corner, but then adds, you know, five, six, seven interceptions. 
Right. Yeah. Let's talk about and, comeback player of the year, Theodore. Yeah. So for my last bet, I and I made <laughs> hold all on, these hold bets on, hold a long on. time ago. Before we were just we were running through our rundown and, and we got talking about this specific bet and we were like, you know what, let's just save this entire conversation for the show because it's just <laughs> it's so funny. Yes, that is true. Well, so all right. So Brees Hall, I took him for comeback player of the year at plus sixty six hundred. It's now all the way down to plus twenty five hundred. So I'm thinking when I took it, you know, maybe we didn't know he was gonna be back or whatever. My statement that i was going to say to blake was that i think this would be a tough one for him to win as he you know is a running back had a good year last year still despite the injuries so i don't know even if he had a good year that they would give him this award but before i was even able to say that blake jumped in with what i thought was a good point if you want to if you want to go ahead and tell him what you told me i mean i mean the sports books tell you really what it is <laughs> you know let's let me run through these odds real quick you know, the, the lowest odd for an MVP this year is Mahomes at plus 600. So Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the game, plus 600. Offensive player of the year, the top one is plus 1,100. Defensive player, plus 450. Defensive rookie of the year, plus 400. Coach of the year, plus 850. Comeback player of the year, the favorite, is minus 285. <laughs> and it is Damar Hamlin. You know, <laughs> I should have seen that coming. But I did not expect that. That is the most, it's the stupidest thing in the world to me. It's like, like I understand. Minus it's awesome. It's awesome. But it's like, just shut up. Like, just shut up about Tamar Hamlin. You know, I saw an article oh. today. I was, I was trying to look at, you know, I was doing some podcast prep. And I wanted to see what the injuries were like for the Bills Jets. So I Googled Bills Jets injury report. And I found, you know, an article. I clicked on it. And the top of the article was main players to watch for Bill's Jets. And it was like oh. Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and DeMar Hamlin. And I'm like, are it, you serious? Like, DeMar Hamlin will probably play and, like, have a, a you know, a, 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 some type of role for that team. He is not one of the key players to watch in the Jets. But, like, sure, oh, look, there's that guy who almost died. He didn't die. That's awesome. I'm not taking – but it's like – Come on, like move on, move on. I do. If, I guess it's his first game back, so like, yeah, there will be something that him. you'll do. But it's like, come on. Oh, if if I was like a multi multi millionaire, obviously I wouldn't need to waste money gambling. But I would put everything I have in my life on minus two eighty five for Demar. He steps on a football field. Like, what are the situations in which he does not win comeback player of the year? Uh, I had a really bad joke coming to my head and we're not going to say it on this That's podcast. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I just, it, the comeback player of the year is, is, is the great value that you got plus 6,600 all the way down to plus 2,500. Yeah, like, I don't even think I noticed like his odds when I took that, you know, which but I should have like, like, I should have put that together, but for a future, a season long future for a guy to be minus 285 on it, where the next closest is plus 2000. Yeah, That's and insane. you know, Brees Hall's increase, you know, I got him at plus 6,600. His increase to plus 2,500 does make me maybe a little bit more confident that he could win this if he has a good year. Um, but this was kind of going to be my bet where, you know, I made these a few months ago, and now I'm kind of like, I don't think this son is really one that I would recommend you to take. No. Um, DeMar Hamlin well, steps yeah. on a football field, and he has one comeback player of the That's year. That's so lame. That's like, they should make a, they should like make I, a new... I'm going to gonna, I'm gonna put more work this season 
into posting <laughs> clips of DeMar Hamlin making bad football plays, then I will do have worked anything, any job I've had in my <laughs> life before. I So I, I texted you last week and I was like, I want to get a Jets hate list started of just like players and coaches. Sean Payton's on the list. Uh, 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 people who wrong us. Gardner Johnson is on the list. Um, and DeMar Hamlin is on the list just because I – I want him on the list and I all season, I just, I'm, I'm going to go out of my way to just try and find low lights for every single one of them and just keep feeding it out on our Twitter. Well, he's going to have an awesome year and you're not going to have anything to post. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm dude. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, to me, it, I do, I do kind of get it. Cause it's like this, it, we haven't had a football season since it happened. So it is kind of like, you know, it happened and then this is his first return. So I get it, but it's like, it happened so long ago. Like I haven't cared about that. And like, he was alive, you know and what I mean? Like he was like, he survived. They have forced it down our fucking yeah. throats. To yeah. me, it's one of those storylines that just like, like people that aren't into sports that aren't. Oh yeah. NFL, it's like all they care about. It's, yeah. It's That's what, what they, they will talk care to you about. about. Yeah. You're right about that. It's like, Oh, DeMar Hamlin's back. Fucking cool, yeah. dude. <laughs> my uh, my wonderful girlfriend's grandfather will certainly be be talking to me about that this weekend, and I will be <laughs> buying in with him. You know, because I'll be like, yeah, this yeah, is but, you're you know, love it, it. It, oh. that's exactly one of those things where, but yeah, whatever. Fuck Mar Hamlin. <laughs> Not, that feels wrong to say because it's like I really fuck don't. Them. I just like fuck the storyline. No, fuck, fuck ESPN and NFL Network for just yeah. shoving it down our throats. Yeah, well, this is actually a great fucking segue because Demar Hamlin plays for the Bills. No, it, we're we're literally it is the Jets versus Demar Hamlin on Monday Night Football this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's fifty three Demar Hamlins against the New York it's, Jets. Yeah, I he is going to be. So there are going to be so many segments. I just realized the whole pregame is going to be everything. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers and it's going to be DeMar Hamlet. Like that's what they try and do like a, they can't do like, they're going to have a moment on the road. No, They're going to have a moment, but they're on the road. Are the jets going to do something for him? If the jets do something for him, if like the jets takes a moment, but there will be for the bills home opener, like kickoffs at eight 20, like sometime between seven and eight 20, there's going to be like an eight minute fucking like video montage that they did on Demar Hamlin. Like that is a fact. Get ready. I'm not going to watch the, pre- I never watch pregame shows anymore. Don't get me in on that. All right. So uh, Demar Hamlin visiting the New York jets. He's a two and a half point underdog or no, sorry. The jets. He's a two and a half point favorite on the road. All right. We're going to start that over. Cause I'm done with the Demar Hamlin stuff. No more Demar Hamlin yeah, jokes. Fuck Demar if you Hamlin. want, if you want more Demar Hamlin jokes, head over to nyj underscore chasing underscore chasing sixty nine. We will be. I, I will. I'll make sure to have clips ready to go if that man fucks up at That's all. That's so good. There. I love that. Honestly, great yeah. play by Demar Hamlin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that God. actually is gonna be awesome. I can't wait. All right, let's talk about the game. We are. Yeah, you know, here we go. Fucking Jets Bills, baby. It's so funny. I even every episode we've been doing the last few months where we've really bought in. Um, and and then you know what? Fuck it. I don't care that we've bought in. This is the most exciting time to be a Jets fan. I I do think every time when we're recording, I'm like, man, if the Bills come out and just lay a smackdown on us week one, we're gonna fucking come back in Monday night and just be like, holy shit. But yeah, 
Well, <laughs> let's set the stage let's, a little let's, bit. Let's, yeah, so Jets uh, open up as two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Um, the total is set at 46-and-a-half. Both teams, for the most part, relatively healthy. Um, you know, DeMar Hamlin expected to be there. Uh, but the Bills will be without Von Miller, who is still going to be on the short-term uh, IR, uh, rehabbing from his, I believe it was, was it ACL or Achilles last year uh, to open the early parts of the season? I, can't I think remember. ACL. No Von Miller. Micah Hyde recently got banged up at practice this week with a back problem. Uh, he's questionable. And the Bills' Connor McGovern is also questionable. Um, and then for the Jets, they're both listing, you know, and this is early on. You know, with the Monday game, you have an extra day to list injury reports. So we don't have a ton of great information at the moment, but it seems like Lazard and Brees Hall are walking into this a little bit questionable. Yeah, I would say both those guys, I believe, are going to play. I think they uh, came yeah. out and said Brees Hall was going to play. Yeah. Um, Alan Lazard should be good as well. So Dalvin Cook going to be playing. So, yeah, Jets, yeah, relatively healthy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you look at what you hope for from camp, you hope you can get through, you know, kind of hitting your upswing at this moment, you know, and it does seem like we've kind of been able to avoid the injury bug. So, you know, I'm really fucking excited for this game, truly. And, you know, it's a little nerve wracking that it's this like first game with Aaron Rodgers and it's a divisional game, Jets at Bills, you know, because it really is an important, an important game, you know, like it, it is a divisional game with the team that's probably going to be leading the division or your main competition in the division throughout the year has a chance to, you know, be one of the better teams in football has a chance to win the AFC. Um, you know, I very much, I've been saying this all off season and, you know, the jets and the bills are going to play on Monday night and one team is going to win. And to me, that is going to be such an important narrative, at least for the next week, you know, is if the Jets don't win, it's, hey, they underperformed, they underwhelmed, maybe they're not going to be as good as we hope they'd be, you know, and that's going to be a huge, huge deal. And then if the if the Jets beat the Bills, it's going to be the Bills are the ones to overperform and the Jets have arrived, you know, and they're here. And, you know, then all the expectations and hype is really going to continue to boil and boil. Um I definitely do think like we do need to take a step away and like there is, you know, this game doesn't tell the whole story of the season, but with that said, you know, whether it's week one or week 14, you know, a win against the bills, your divisional opponent could end up being the deciding factor, you know, yeah. for, for first seed for, you know, a playoff spot for the division. So it really is like I'm trying not to put too much pressure on this game, but like really we're hitting the ground running with, hey, this game matters a fuck ton for what we're hoping to accomplish this year. It's a tone setter. You know, to me, when I look at the, how both seasons ended, both frustrating for both of these teams, um, you know, the the Jets obviously don't get anywhere. You know, they, they're sniffing that early hot start and they just flame out at the end of the season. The Bills up and down a little bit, but mostly up. And then, you know, they walk into that Cincinnati game and there was a, a mentality difference. They, they seemed fragile. Uh, Cincinnati came in there and just was like, you know, put their nuts on the table and said, we're going to just bully you around. We're going to be aggressive with you. And you have nothing to say about it. They had no response the bills that entire game. So, you know, heading in this off season, the jets made some significant 
upgrades to what was going wrong. You know, the defense was great, but they needed a quarterback. They get Aaron Rodgers. They figure out the wide receiver room. They add in some insurance at running back. Like, like the Jets went out and were aggressive in making sure that heading into the season, obviously the big one is Aaron Rodgers, whereas the Bills already have Josh Allen. So it's like, you know, I'm not mad at them for not upgrading the quarterback position, but the Jets saw glaring weaknesses and were like, this is how we fix it. And now we're ready to go. The Bills, I don't know necessarily that they made any significant upgrades. Um, you know, in the offseason, you know, you're talking about signings they made. They extended their punter. They made sure they brought back uh, not Micah Hyde, but the other Jordan Poyer. You know, there just mm -hmm. wasn't a ton of additions here where you're like, oh, the, the Bills saw that they had a, a weakness defensively, you know, where they were a little fragile and they brought in some hard hitters. No, they lost, you know, Tremaine Edmonds. They lose one of their better linebackers in free agency. Von Miller still has yet to return. I'll give the Bills credit. They've drafted well defensively the last few years, so maybe they just expect guys to kind of you know, mature. Um, and maybe that was what they were lacking last year was maturity out of those young guys defensively. But I didn't look at their off season and say like, they knew what their problem was and made swift, quick adjustments to it. I still have questions about the offensive play calling behind Ken Dorsey. I still have questions about their offensive line, wide receivers outside of Stefan Diggs, a big question for me. Um, so when you talk about how important this game is, it is a tone setter for the season. And I think the blueprint is there. And I think the jets are going to take advantage of that same blueprint that Cincinnati did in that postseason game. They're going to bully the fuck out of them on both sides. The defense is going to be aggressive as hell getting to Josh Allen. You know, the, the nothing in the receiver room really worries me, especially because like, you know, Gabe Davis really fell off last year. The running game doesn't really worry me. I don't expect them to move, you know, in the running game at all against this jets defensive line. Uh, there is blood in the water with this Buffalo team. And I think the Jets will go out there, take advantage of this opportunity in week one to set a tone for the season and saying, you are not, they like you were saying, you know, like Salah says, they have to come play us. It's not like we have to play the Bills. They have to come into our house on Monday Night Football and they have to prove to us. But the Jets, the Jets are the real deal here. And um, I think this is going to be a huge tone setter uh, for the 2023 season for both teams. I think Buffalo could walk out of this game being like, how the fuck did we not make any you know, significant adjustments? It, it's going to feel to me just like that Cincinnati game felt to them, except it's going to be the Jets on the opposite end as opposed to Cincinnati. Fuck yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely with you. And I, you know, if you listened last year, if you're going to keep listening this year, I usually pick the Jets to win. You yeah. know, I'm a yeah, Jets yeah. fan. I always <laughs> lean that way. But the Bills have been the team that I've always been like hesitant to do Give that and will will pick the Bills. But like, you know, I'm right there with you with with this Bills team to me is so similar to what they were last year, you know, and, and like the big offensive addition that everyone wants to point to is that like. Dalton Kincaid is going to be their new number two option. And it's like, if Dalton Kincaid is playing better than Gabe Davis, that's not a good thing for your offense. And, and also tight like, it's just not going to happen. Right. And so to me, it's like, do I think the bills will be good? Do I think that like Diggs and Gabe Davis are good? Yes. Like that's all fine, but you know, their running game still doesn't worry me. I like James Cook. I think he's a good player. I think he's a receiving back. I don't think he's going to be able to run all over the jets. Their receivers, you know, are what they are. They have digs, and then I think they have kind of mediocre guys. Um, and their offensive line, you know, they have Spencer Brown, who's a huge issue. McGovern's injured. You know, they 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 have these question marks that I think we're really going to be able to exploit. 
you know, and you look at what we did last year against the Bills. This Bills offense the past two, three years has been a prolific offense in the league. One of the better offenses, easily able to score 30, 35, 40 points in a game. And against the Jets last year, they scored 20 points and they scored 12 points or, or 17 points, I think. I can't remember which one that was. But the point is, the Jets last year showed that we were able to have answers for this Bills offense. And I don't really think the Bills added anything where they can really change that scheme up. You know, like they're, they're not going to be able to run the ball all over the Jets. No one in the league is going to be able to pass the ball all over the Jets. And I think, you know, like one of the premier plays and like plays that I point to and say, I hope this is representative of what we're going to be able to do is, you know, that that the play where Jermaine Johnson gets the sack on Josh Allen and Josh Allen tries to roll out and Jermaine Johnson, you know, catches up with him and sacks him. And that's exactly what, when they showed the video of him getting drafted in, in the draft room, um, you know, you hear Jeff Ulbrich say, you want a guy who's going to be able to, to catch Josh Allen on the edge. That's your guy. And I think when you look at this Jets offense, you know, we're both very high on what the additions of an improved Jermaine Johnson and a Will McDonald are going to be able to do. And I think those kind of like speed rushers who are really twitchy and really fast are the key to kind of containing him, you know, and I say containing him, I don't think we're going to completely shut down Josh Allen, but I don't think there's this world where the bills come out and score, you know, 27 plus points or even like 24 plus points. Like I really do not see that as an option um so yeah I mean I'm with you I think that the Jets offense is going to be able to do more to the Bills defense than they're going to be able to do to ours and I I think that you know we're going to be able to make it work and I do think it's going to be a low scoring game but I I really do feel that the Jets have like should be able to win this game yeah I feel like the way that I just went and talked about it made it seem like I think the Jets are going to win by a million I do think that in the early parts of this game and maybe throughout there, it, it is going to be a little clunky on offense. I do think there, there's going to be just some growing pains. We've seen it throughout, you know, the last few years. Now, if you're a, if you're an offense that hasn't really gotten into the groove in preseason and played full games that first week, and we've talked about it with unders and totals, it takes a little bit to get things going. Um, especially, you know, we haven't gotten a ton of time live action with this starting offensive line with Brees and Dalvin, like it's going to be clunky for the jets offense. Think about how be many players, on the offense, like didn't have a full training camp, you know, so many guys on the line, both the running backs, you know, like that, that it's, will be at play, but I, I, I don't want it to, I don't want it to sound like I think that the jets are going to run away with this because yeah, I, and do I don't believe because I do believe that their offense, like there's going to be frustrating drives where you're going to see Rogers get pissed off at receivers. Like, I think uh, this is going to be something that sacked. takes a few games to really get going offensively. Um, but at the same time, I truly don't believe teams are going to be able to move on this Jets defense, especially the Bills with their offensive line issues, uh, lack of depth at the wide receiver position. Um, Teddy, you were saying, you know, 27, 24 points. I don't think that the Bills get past 17. You know, like I, I truly think, and a couple of numbers as well, too, when I was doing research up on this game, the under has gone, has hit in the last six times that the Jets and the Bills yeah. have faced off. Week one unders have been a huge play of recent as well to the last few years. Like I could, I could expect this to be a low scoring affair. Also just given the fact that I think the Jets defense is going to match up really well here with the bills. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I, 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 
um, I think a lot of people will look at this game and say, oh, the Bills offense and the Jets, you know, retooled offense and think it's an over game. And I just really don't think that's what this game's going to be all about. Like, yeah. I think both, you know, you're going to have the growing pains of a new season. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers has never played with the Jets before, as well as a ton of other players. But, I, I you know, both of the – we've talked about the respect we have for the Bills defense. Like, both of these defenses are legit. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think a low-scoring affair. But, again, with that said, like, you look at this Jets defense. You look at the D-line. It is impeccable. There's so much depth. You look at the linebackers and how well they were able to play last year. Obviously, you switch out Quan for, you know, Jamie and Sherwood. Hopefully that doesn't add a huge loss. But then you look at the safety room and that has improved dramatically with the same corners on the outside. So like this Jets defense is so, so, so legit. That's the theme of the podcast, it seems. And I just don't think that the Bills are going to be able to, you know, do what they always do against this team. And I think that's why the, I don't think the Jets are going to win this. Like they have this great chance to win because of how prolific their offense is all of a sudden going to be. I really do think you point to that defense and you say, Hey, do what you did last year, hold teams to under 20 points. Hopefully we can get, you know, 20 points and, and end up victorious. Yep. Yeah, that was what was the story last year? I think it was like if the Jets had scored over twenty points in in all of their losses, I think they would have been. We would have lost like three oh, or four games. The, yeah, and exactly. two of them, and two of them were like we it's let absurd. up like forty and thirty in the first two weeks. Like the yeah. defense, like that's last year, we had the worst quarterback play ever, and you'd watch it week to week. But every week for like Still we beat it. the Bills, and Zach Wilson didn't play well. You know what I mean? And like. Every week I would be sitting here pick when we would pick the games and I would really say to myself, I'd be like, listen, I know I shouldn't believe in this Jets team anymore. I know I shouldn't, but with like, I don't see teams scoring on this defense and they really did it. You know, like if you look at the, the game log last year, they really did not score. And I think this year will be that even more exaggerated. And then you add in a quarterback and you add in, you know, Garrett Wilson breakout two strong running backs in Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, hopefully an improved offensive line, you know, with Makai and AVT and all these guys being healthy. So I have danced with this line all off season and what I believe is going to happen in this Bills Jets game, you know, what I hope is going to happen, what, you know, all these different things, but like I'm putting my foot down, dude, I am, you know, putting my nuts on the line. I really do, do believe this Jets team is going to be so good. And I think we are going to come out and beat the Bills week one. I couldn't agree more. I mean, we've been talking about it. You know, I feel the same way. Uh, to me, the more we keep talking about this, the line of two and a half underdog, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, yeah, I took a money line. So that's what I hate. So here's here's what I'm gonna say. I I hate the the money line is so short at plus one fifteen. I really do. So I, I was gonna take a look at a line that because to me I put a score on there because I'm I'm very strong on the under as well too. I I go Jets twenty three, Bills thirteen. Um, so to me. If I could go and get a little bit frisky with it, give me Jets minus six and a half at plus two seventy eight. I'll take that over the money line. Yeah, or even if I you want to take it, terrible bet. You take it to minus half. two and a half or four and a half. Exactly, you're getting plus one thirty seven or plus two oh eight. Like, I truly believe this line is is very 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 wrong. Yeah, and, 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 
what have the Bills done? They 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 didn't make any upgrades I know, and they and lack I do, of mentality. I mean, set, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I do think we're setting ourselves up here because you look oh. at who the Bills were all season last season. They were a very, very good team. Yeah. And they're yeah, able yeah. to beat anyone. Um what? so we'll see. I like, but that's kind of my that's another point I want to make is like I don't at all, at all, at all, no really, no matter what we see week one. I do not think there's there there should be no over exact like obviously we can be excited if they win but it doesn't right. tell the whole story and I don't think we need to hit the panic buck button if they don't look good you know like I think that's something to say now can you hear well, me exactly yeah I can yeah, hear you yeah yeah I was just thinking because this reminds me of the last year's season opener Rams Bills Bills won like. 37 to 10 or something crazy like that. And everyone's like, the bills are going to go 17 and oh, and they're going to win the super bowl. And then, you know, they flamed out in the division, but they so did like, go 13 and three. No, they're good. Know? They're and, a good and football they had a player. Team. No, die. definitely. And, like, and the so Rams, I think and, like you look at and, how good they right, were. Right. But, and the Rams ended up just being a bad team last year. Yeah. As well too. That's the other part of it that I don't think people were ready to realize the defending super bowl champions fell off in an absolutely massive uh, cliff. Yeah. Um, but my point more just being like, people are we're going to overreact to every single game that happens this week and we'll do it yeah. for the next you know four months but like you said you know there's not situ there's not a situation where we should go away feeling one way super the other about it um i did want to ask you what is going to be better for monday night's pod we're dead on right everything we've said here jets win by a touchdown <laughs> or more or they lay the fucking smackdown on us dude what will be well, like, what will be a better product? Cause like, I know as the fans perspective and for us who are going to be financially invested in the jets and just like, rooting yeah, for them, it'll I, suck to lose. But like, if we I come mean, on the, here and we got to show yeah, face on the a emotional, to I guess we, we need to learn more about our audience and like, you know, if that attracts them to me, I do oh. think you would think if the jets won, that would drive more people to want to, you know, they, Hey, I want to listen to recaps and digest right. this game because it's exciting. Um, but with that said, like, like I'm a, I'm a Jets fan who lives in central New York and went to school, uh, college in Western New York. So most of the people around me are not Jets fans. They are bills fans. So yeah. I do feel an immense pressure on this game because I know whether I like it or not, you know, everyone at work, all the Bills fans at work are going to be talking to me. All the all my friends are going to be talking to me. So it's like if we can win this game, I'll be real, real, real happy and my life will be a lot better. And if we lose this game, I'm going to have a lot of people talking to me and I'm not going to want to talk about it. And it's going to be really fucking like I, I'm not even going to want to do this pod if we lose. I'll be like, are you fucking like Monday this, night? Because it's going to be like, like fucking midnight in New York for you, too. Well, and you're just going to have to you go know on who I like, am like. I am that guy who like like I eat, a loss crushes eat, you. Breathe, eat and breathe football all week, and like I want all the content. And then like if they lose, I'm like, all right, I'm not watching post game. I'm not listening to podcasts. Like like I'm like fuck this, dude. Like I, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see, man. We we will see. But I will be hurt. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Honestly, that will be a tough one. Let's just hope we win. Yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy week one of the NFL season. We'll be back to you. Monday. We're here, baby. Ho hopefully, hopefully in a happy, cheerful mood with the Jets victory over the Bills. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And we'll talk to you next week. Peace. <laughs>